listening to the PWBA Podcast, a show about the current superstars and legends of the Professional Women's Bowling Association. Join Bowl TV's Jason Thomas and Aaron Smith as they bring you a collection of stories, history, and the latest happenings from the best women bowlers in the world. Good afternoon, Aaron Smith. Hello, Jason Thomas. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Uh, I just had to turn off my Bowl TV. It was it was echoing in my background, but uh, I'm doing well. Um, before we get the show underway, I wanted to just give a big shout out to uh, Jason Belmonte, whose birthday it is today. How about that? 37 years old. 37. Yeah. Yeah. And you know who else's birthday it is? This is pretty a pretty amazing fact. Uh, it is the late Don Carter's birthday. Hmm. So what are the odds that you'd have, you know, two of the greatest bowlers of all time born on the same day? July 29th. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So that's just an interesting little factoid I thought I'd throw out right at the top of the show. That is a dynamite way to start the uh, PWBA podcast. Our guest today, Tanya Ramanpur, uh, going to be joining the show. She was on Splitting Boards a couple of weeks ago with you. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to check that out, be sure to visit our backstage channel here on BullTV.com. Uh, and if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, uh, subscribe to BullTV.com. Check it out. A lot of good stuff from that. But uh, JT, should we uh, should we start the show? Let's just go with it. Let's go. People All right. want to see Tanya. That's right. So with that, hi, Tanya. Hello. Hi. hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I just I just talked to you like a week and a half ago. Every, I everything's, know. Everything's still good since then? Yes, everything is good. Um, actually, I'm really excited for the... I don't know if people know... I don't know if they'll... I don't know if people know about the tournament. It will be in August 14th to 16th. It's kind of like woman tournament in San Luis. So I'm very excited with that. It's kind of like a small tournament, but something to looking forward. That's yeah. what nice. happened lately. It just mean like I have, I've been bowling like a little bit more <laughs> to prepare for the tournament. But rather than that, nothing much. Is okay. that the uh, Brad and Kyle one? Yep. It's the okay. Brad and Kyle and they have like a tournament before that and like a double after that. So, Very cool. Very cool. Uh, one of the things from watching that uh, Splitting Boards episode, you said you were uh, just finishing up or getting ready to finish up your graduate degree. Yeah. Uh, so uh, kind of how's that? You know, I know I know we're a week closer from uh, the last time uh, JT had you on the show, but uh, Did you get know, the degree yet? Exactly. <laughs> Actually, technically, I already graduated, which is like I supposed to be like walking like May twenty six. I think it's like that one is class to Queens, which is I didn't sign up with anything. Like I didn't sign up. I didn't buy the gown and everything because I will be bowling Queens. But actually, I have like one more assignment that I need to like submit by this weekend, and I literally done. I All cannot right. wait. What, what's the assignment? It was just about as a project. Is you don't want to hear about it? Oh, I, I do. I do. Are, are you procrastinating it or uh, no? It's no procrastinating. But no? It's like my degree is in MSL, so they have like a lot of different kind of like um, 
system kind of is to become a leadership like five dysfunctional system of leadership and so like um the the effect of why you probably hear about that so we just need to like pick two what is our most favorite and then we need to talk about it the different about it so that's my last assignment what's your uh what's your uh degree gonna be in msl master strategic leadership Okay, gotcha. Now, what does that entail? What, what, what? You know, what exactly? You know, do you study, and what do you, um, what do you become an expert in when when you have an MSL master's degree? To like a short story, it's like MSL literally like MBA without accounting, pretty much. So <laughs> in MSL, it's more about like how you grow if you have like a business and stuff, and like how you are to be a good leader and a lot of human resources people need to take MSL because it's literally like learn how to make a good team dynamic and how to like promote your team member to work more efficiently and be like a strategic leadership. Pretty much that is how my major is. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, you're finishing up there at Mount Mercy University in uh, I believe Marion, Iowa. Yep. Correct. Uh, Uh, Iowa. Oh, okay. Perfect. Uh, How did you end up uh, selecting Mount Mercy for graduate school? Uh, We know you've been coaching uh, and helping coach the team the past two seasons, but uh, was the coaching a big part of it or kind of how did you end up uh, picking that path? So when I did with with Wichita State, I didn't take my OPT, which is if people want to know what is OPT, is like a working permit for international student. Pretty much when you're done with your bachelor or your master degree, U.S. government allow you to have one year and work in the United States. So after Wichita, I didn't really take that. I just like travel home because I don't really have a reason that I want to stay. And I make a promise to myself that if I already go home and one day if I decided or I feel like I want to go back to the United States, then I will make, I will move to the United States again and be a permanent resident. Is that what happened in 2017 kind of ish, like the uh, PWBA started again in 2015, right? I think mm-hmm. 15? Yep. Yes. Yeah, 15, correct. Yeah. PWBA started in 2015. I was like, have a family issue. Uh, my grandpa passed that year. So I missed that year, but then 2016, 2017, I joined the PWBA and I really like focus in my professional career. And in the end of 2017, I just look at my bank account about like how much money I spent traveling back and forth and do like bowling stuff is really expensive to like travel between like Indonesia to stay. And I was like t- telling my mom, like, I'm going to move back to the United States because it's a smart thing to do. And I make my promise to myself in 2014 when I have that feeling I want to go back again. I'm not coming back. And the easiest, the easiest thing to do to stay in your state, which is become student again. So I start looking at the opportunity, either like, you know, like my goal is to take my master and starting from that to have a green card or permanent resident, but it's the easiest visa to be able to stay in a state and to be able to bowl is to be a student again. 
that's why why I came across with Mount Mercy and Mount Mercy in that time also just done with their first graduate assistant. And I know Andy before I go to Mount Mercy. I know Andy since like maybe 2013, 2014, because Andy is one of my best friend coach. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, have, have everything happened for a reason. So when I look at it, the GA position in Mount Mercy just opened and I'm looking to become a student again. And I jump into the train and everything else is history. Well, there we go. Uh, you know, many folks know you uh, had a, just a tremendous career at Wichita State on the lanes uh, earlier in the 2010s. But what was it like being, you know, kind of the, the weekend warrior again, going to tournaments, uh, being in that collegiate atmosphere? What was that like the past uh, past two years for you? It was it was fun. It's different. Um, like if I tell people that I always like a horse in a wheat field because Wichita is a a shocker, right? And the Mount Mercy is a Mustang. So that's I cannot pick which one. But when I against Wichita, it's just kind of funny because I will have this like inside joke with Coach V and Coach L. Pretty much it's like Coach L most of the time because Coach L will stay with the woman, mm-hmm. and I will. Like, Actually, like three years ago, I was like staying with the the woman much often, and then last year, like Coach V already retired. So when I coaching the guys, Coach V is not around. It's already like Coach Rick's stiffmilled. So, but uh, three years ago, when I do that with Coach Al, like we just have like a lot of inside joke that you are a traitor, you are not wearing like black and gold anymore and don't <laughs> listen to her like it's just so funny that's one time we like kind of like against each other and coach al just like throw a rosin back to me and it's like <laughs> i you know we had uh rocio restrepo on uh, the podcast recently and she had an interesting story about when she went to wichita state she didn't even barely speak english so i'm wondering did you have a similar experience when you decided to go to wichita or, or you know did you already have you know, a lot more experience with the English no. language before. It's pretty much the same. I think, like, even though I already stayed, I stayed for 10 years, I still have that problem, like, speaking English. It's not really, like, I don't understand what you say. It's more about the pronunciation. It's just really hard because how, like, we even pronounce our, like, the spelling, the pronunciation about, like, ABC is totally different between my language and um, English. So even until now, even in like when I'm in the tour with like the Borep and something like that, if I like pronounce something wrong, it was just like, it's always a battle, but I'm a, I cannot, I can speak English, but I don't really speak English much when I go to Wichita in 2010. But one thing about my personality that I glad that I have, I will not get offended if people kind of like make a joke about how I saying things or like correct me. And I think that's also the biggest, the biggest key that I have that my English is so much better throughout the year. Yeah. How many, how many different languages do you speak? I only speak, I only speak English and Bahasa. Okay. Okay. I know, I know uh, like in Indonesia, there's like 270 different dialects, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and most but, I, but I will not call it like I speak like four language. No, I have different dialect that I can do like three, two to three dialect, but it's still Bahasa. So um, the only thing that you will notice is like if you speak really fast 
and then you cannot hear like you cannot understand but um i can only speak bahasa in indonesia uh, bahasa in english sorry no what uh how when did you start learning english technically i go i didn't go to private school when i grew up i go to national school so we have english but there's no a main language because back home we have national private and international school pretty much international school 80 percent they you speak english and indonesia is only 20 percent and private school is most like 50 50 between english and indonesia and national school is like 20 percent english and 80 percent indonesia which is there why i go and pretty much like i'm really bad in english really really bad like <laughs> that's the I hate English subject. I just I just don't <laughs> like it growing up. It doesn't matter if I'm in like sixth grade or I'm in twelfth grade. I hate English. And actually, when I'm done with high school, I took like a year off of school. Like I didn't go to United States right away. I literally take one year just to do uh, intensive English, but back home. Because like if you go to state right away and I need to go to intensive English, I cannot really bowl. And then when I do like the the budget, it's like it's too expensive. Like I cannot get scholarship, and I need to pay all this board and tuition and stuff. And I cannot even practice with the team until I enter the school. So when I was in Wichita, it's not. I mean, it's not brainer. Like it's stupid to go to intensive English in United State and waste that money. So I take a year off and do my intensive English and make sure that I get the requirement to go into right way to college so that's why i do between 2009 and 2010 and ball the whole time which is amazing yeah i mean you know it says a lot about the kind of person you are that you didn't like english but you chose to go to a, a college where all they spoke was english <laughs> right yeah <laughs> we got a question in the chat i know um I thought this was interesting right off right off the bat. Uh, I'm not aware of any of your fellow Indonesian players who, who you know, bowl uh, the tour frequently. Why, why do you think that is? It's like I say, it's really like expensive, like to travel like from Indonesia to state. And technically, if there's no COVID, Actually, one of my good friend and team member that I win two gold with her is going to come and bought, she is planning to come to the United States for ball the PWBA in 2020 this year with me and literally ball almost like the two months. So like kind of like the first two months, she will come and stay with me and we'll just travel together and she pretty much already like sign up for the membership, sign up, sign up for the first three tournament and the queens and sign up for the ptq for the us open because i tell her to do it all and she also get reimbursed like i do so maybe next year she still thinking to bowl so there will be more than one pw member in the tour nice very cool uh i had one or actually two quick questions regarding mount mercy before we we kind of get on to the pwba stuff uh at the hoosier classic uh, earlier this year uh the women's team ended up winning the bracket uh so one of the cool traditions is getting to sign the masking unit and basically graffiti it uh and it hangs up the next year so mount mercy mustangs all over that thing uh but while the women's team was doing that you were playing hacky sack with the men's team 
So I was very curious. I wanted to know, because I thought about this year, I thought about challenging you during the season. Obviously, that didn't happen. But how good are you at hacky sack? This is really bad. This is so random question. I don't know how you like come up with this question. And this is so random. But yeah, because it's like, okay, like you guys know, Hoosier is really long, right? And it is, yes. the boys ball really good. We managed to like just snuck into the top eight for the match play. And then we get knocked out the first round. And we kind of like have a little bit downtime, downtime like between all the guys because they're both really good and they just like miss it by a bit, you know, like it's so close, but it's just so far. So they have their own moment. We actually like technically go to, um, they have one burger place. It's really walking distant. I cannot remember the name of it, but it's a chain, but I cannot remember. But we went there, we eat like a big burger and french fries and have an ice cream. And then when we come back, like, you know, like, bored and we want to be there with the girls and stuff like that and but at the same time we want to have fun also so one of the guys like let's play this so it's like pump up our energy also and we become like loving and we we still there because we want to be happy and we are really happy with all the girls so it's, it's really fun but i'm really bad at that really bad like all the guys is like <laughs> We're done. We're not playing with you anymore. No, I'm your coach, so I can say whatever I want, and you need to like. Listen. There you go. Now, my, my main so? my main concern was uh, we had to go to the U.S. Open the next day after that because that was following that event, and and I, I I wasn't concerned about you. I was concerned about the guys though that one of them was going to kick that right into the live stream equipment and stuff was going to go flying everywhere, and then I'd have to have a coach or a talk with Coach Andy, and then I have to call Jason Thomas and say, "Hey, we're not bringing this kit, hacky sack kit." But. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But, I still uh, remember no, that, that one time. Yeah, I still remember that the one kick that literally like just landed in between of the camera, and it's like, okay, we need to like stop. <laughs> no, like we can and it's like literally, it's already like when the girls are already signing out. It's been a long day, and like we need to be done with this. But yeah, do, and do also, you it's, like it's really cold in the bowling center because yeah. at the end of the day, it's like we become like smaller and smaller and smaller and we all just like all like freezing. So doing that, we kind of like sweat a little bit and it's not like so freezing and waiting for the girls because they want to make the sign board looks like really, really perfect. And we just like, <laughs> girls, let's go. Like <laughs> we still need to have like nine more hours driving home. Do you, do you play any other sports besides bowling? Uh, actually, I play golf lately, which okay. is like, I, are you good? I'm no, because I just started because of COVID. And like, you know, I mean, I live in Marion, Iowa, which is pretty much winter all year long. Yeah, I so. play it for like two months of the year. Yes, exactly. So, but I've been enjoying it because I do think. You, do you have someone who's been teaching you? Or I know there's a lot of good players that, that bowl on the PWBA tour. Pretty much I text like all my friend that can golf that I ask like what is the tip but also I'm lucky enough because I'm a friend with the head coach of Mount Mercy golf team oh yeah nice. so Inside. then yeah so I was like hey do you want to like go golf it's like can you golf? no really like I never golfed before so I was like okay this will be fun yeah but yeah. I'm an athlete so I will be much better than any of like other players that you just like you know start pitching and he is kind of like he's really it's really i really glad that I know him because he kind of like teach me some trick and tips for a beginner so it make 
the, the golf experience is more fun because I'm not just like hitting a ball that I know like what I need to do to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, there's a lot of similarities between golf and bowling. So I'm sure in no time you'll be uh, taking people's money out there on PWBA. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes literally, no, like I can have a really good day in the driving range. And the next day I come in, I cannot even hit the ball. I always like hit the turf first. It's like, this is just bowling all over again. Like, you can like feel amazing. <laughs> day. And the next day you have no idea what's going on. And it's like, ugh. Just imagine that uh, your ball rep's face is on the golf ball. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like, this headpaper is like, I'm ready to Need, need a little more traction through this drive. Yes. Yep. There we go. I like that. Uh, one of the things, uh, one of the final things, uh, MMU related, uh, I was checking out your, your jerseys on the Coolwick page. And uh, I noticed you had one dedicated to the team. This is so random. It is random. But you mentioned it on the splitting board. So that's how I know about these things. No, I did not. Did I? Well, you were giving away a jersey. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I decided I, to look it up because jerseys are cool. And we find this one here and you have quotes on it attributed to, I assume, players. So we have to know what some of these mean. Uh, just line up for Brooklyn. Why did you gutter again? Oh, God. <laughs> we got. I uh, hope none of my former student watch this because this is hilarious. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, those ones are interesting. Stab, stab, stab at 5.53 a.m. Uh, those those yeah. two could be related. You, you know, if somebody gets me up at 5.53 a.m., I yes. stab them. Yes. So what is the question? Like, you want me to, like, tell it the behind I, story of it? I, I would like uh, your favorite quote out of the both sides and the backstory behind it, yes. Okay. Technically, the favorite quote. It's not really favorite quote, but... Is is a, a I'm I'm not I'm not going to say it. I like it does. I didn't mean it, but I will say it anyway. It's the stupid like I feel really dumb and stupid when I do this. But the it is a peep washout. So the story behind it is so I came late to uh, the first tournament that Mount Mercy has. It's like 2018 in like like first week of October or something like that. I cannot remember. I cannot remember what's the tournament it is, but I was late because I was coming from Asian game. Mm -hmm. So I I arrived in the United States right away. I flew to the tournament and I missed the Saturday and I was there on the Sunday. And then my best friend, Melissa Sobolik, was still working with me and we are like uh, kind of like a co-coach kind of-ish. And... The first thing that I do to a student, there was bowling. I was watching. We kind of like moving and stuff. And this one time, our best best player in that time, see throwing a really bad shot and see leave a washout. And then see pick up her spare ball and see throw it and see literally miss it all. Like see like go through like the head pin and the pen pin. And when she come back, I literally like my level of emotion is right here. And I flip and I say, it is uh da 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 wash out. And then <laughs> all of them have a black face. And Melissa Soblik, my best friend, was like pulling me aside and it's like, you need to have a mental check right now. They are my <laughs> musical. 
and their level is not like you and their level is not like which the state so you need to get your thing together and come back then it's become a joke until now but in that like 10 minutes everybody was like like i feel like the parents hate me everybody hate me and like who is this new coach like what we get into and i was like okay i need to like come down a little bit because <laughs> that's one of that and then um the one i really like is the step 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 it's like it doesn't 18 also i luckily enough to manage to help them to qualify for the itc at the end of the year and every time i kind of like want to pump them up and every time i kind of like want to give them like a, a motivational speech i always tell them like it doesn't care who they are but we're going to like kill them like a knife so we'll say stab 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 <laughs> you know, like, it's like me kendry it doesn't matter it's wichita it doesn't like we're just going to like stab them like we have a knife and like you're going to like stab them so that's why it's like one of our cheers like remember tanya stab 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 it doesn't matter so it's, it's kind of funny uh, i really yeah. want tanya on my team now just yeah all right stuff, so. scary <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so then i was kind of like i make a promise with the girls that if i ever uh ball again in tv i will wear that and then you know like something like that for this year but again COVID, COVID didn't go away. Like COVID, go home. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, did you tell that to Danielle before the U.S. Open match? So I'm gonna stab, stab, stab. <laughs> but I didn't tell Danielle. But funny story, we have like a group chat, and literally, like all the girls, I love. Like it's, I don't know, it's something that I never thought I will have this connection with these eight girls. Like. I'm not discriminating or anything with the second year or the, the third year or the fourth year, but I feel like the first year as a GA and a responsibility as a, like really a coach is like means really special. It's not like the second year that I have a new girl come in there. doesn't, it's still special, but it's never feel like special. Like the girl that have in the Jersey, because I don't know, it's, you know, the first thing and literally, all of them kind of like texting me and it's like, don't forget, stab, 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 stab. And I'm like, okay, I'll remember that. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, stab, stab, stab. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right now, like, our inside joke. But it's, yeah. Nice. All right. Well, no, we'll go with the uh, less random questions now for the next few. So. Okay. <laughs> because that too is the most I, you are. That's the most random thing that you can like it, it, really detail, you know. Like I feel like it's it's really we got we got some more random ones. We'll save them for <laughs> well, later in the we'll, show. We'll mix them in here and there. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. You know, when we look at the 2019 season, JT was talking about the U.S. Open. You made a pair of TV shows. Uh, your run at the Queens was uh, pretty remarkable. You lost your first match in the double elimination. Then you made your way to the TV show. You shot 822, a Queens record, and I believe that was your first 802. You shot a 300. Uh, you know, you were in position to make the tour championship at the end of the season, didn't quite make it. Uh, I just wanted to kind of, you know, hear your assessment. What was your grade of your 2019 season on the PWBA tour? I, I mean, well, like if you see like by winning percentage, even by winning percentage, I think 2019 is the 
the most successful that I ever been in my career. Even after the the Adobe is done, I was bowling the Sea Games. I managed to win another gold, one gold and one silver for my country in the just 2019. Like it's one of the best, I will say, mm-hmm. in my career. So is that like a B? <laughs> <laughs> But for what she plans to do in the future, then maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, like if you guys haven't like watched my split board with Jason Thomas, you still watch because, but definitely I'm not going to grade it as an A because even though one of us, there's a lot of things that can fix, you know, B, I will give a B plus about that. It's good. That's All right. Good, grade. good solid grade. B plus. Yeah. B's get degrees, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and since you since you mentioned splitting boards again, um, we're, we're getting a lot of use out of that show, JT. So that's, that's yeah. a good show. Uh, yes, it was. You know, you you mentioned kind of at the end of the show that uh, uh, you know one, one of the best takeaways I took from watching that was uh, you mentioning uh, you know you're, you're not afraid or not being afraid of losing uh, after that after that telecast i uh, for the folks who maybe watch or didn't catch that episode uh you know what did you kind of mean by that and you know how did that affect your mindset moving forward what i mean by that i've been working a lot with my mental game for the last three years i must say because i feel i'm good enough as a bowler yes there's a couple tools that i can learn but as a solid bowler i will say i'm a good solid woman bowler in the world but why i'm having in winning circle yet why i haven't like i get all this gold medal in c game and asian game world championship i have all of this but why i haven't like be in the winner circle in pilbia yet and some of the other people that doesn't have as much as credibility that i am already in a winning circle and i really like see and going like deeper and to the darker side and really like be honest to myself, like why the reason of it. And really it's just my mental. It's like, I want to win so bad and it become something like really pretty, like if I didn't win, I might die. That is how I approach it. And it's not, it's not that. Like if you win the next day, you still go back to practice. If you lose, it's literally like, you still go back to practice. But how I see it is something like this precious thing that I need to get it. And I always go back that I'm not good enough because I never get the title. And every time I lose, even the U.S. Women Open, when everybody was like, there's a a tough break, blah, 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 blah. But I really put myself as a victim in that moment. Yeah, it sucks. You are the first one that lose because you are second place. But I see it as like I'm a victim that why me again? Why I'm unlucky again? Why I lose again? I put everything the same amount of time, the same amount of energy and the same amount of dedication. But why me again? Why I get hit by 295 every both year in my college career? I don't mm-hmm. have any uh, single I- ITC. I intercollege single championship i don't have that but i make the tv show final tv show both the year but they just decided to shoot 300 and 290 on me like why me? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
you know, like I'm always become a victim of it. And I think one of the reasons I didn't make the tour, the tour, the player, the tour player, the tour championship, right? Uh, At the tour end of the, yep. Yeah, the tour championship also, I think it's like, really, I make like myself really to TV show and it's always like make myself a victim. That's why I believe why I didn't make it and stuff because still my mental is not strong enough. Like it's not about it and go go on like see why it's good that you can take why it's bad and move on it's just another tournament so that's why i mean about like losing that moment is really changing my mindset it's like this it's like the swingers theory of um you know winning a title have you, have you guys seen the movie swingers i haven't yes. watched now i need to watch that movie it's One great of my favorite movies of all time yeah yeah, it's about it's 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 about swing dancing, right? Like these these young guys swing dancing, and then in the, about their dating lives and their whole life, right? So it was it was Vince Vaughn and John Favreau, kind of you know their their debut performances where they became big stars, and you know one of the themes in the movie was John Favreau's having you know trouble getting a date, and uh, Vince Vaughn's advice was, well, you you're having trouble getting a date because you keep you just keep putting it on a pedestal keep putting it on a pedestal. So you're, you're never going to, if it's so high up, how are you supposed to ask it out? Right. So it's the same thing, right? You're just, you're putting, you're putting the win on the pedestal and because you're putting it on a pedestal, you can't, you can't get to it. Yeah. So I think that what I mean by when I saying it is a uh, splitting board, because I really excited to put my new, theory a new system that i've been working on for a past like a year to this year and see if my result is better but we need to wait everybody <laughs> need to wait yeah <laughs> unfortunately. i mean that that show that us open show it just showed what what a small difference there is between winning and not winning i mean if if the, you know said that that's that hit that you left the seven pin on we do we do i mean we're at the usbc headquarters we do experiments on these kinds of things that hit carries 99 times out of a hundred. Right. So, I mean, literally it, it right. that probably doesn't do, make her feel better about it. No, I mean, it doesn't, but it just shows you like how stupid the, the idea of, you know, the difference between winning and losing is because it's really, there's really no difference. Right. I mean, it, it, and like you said, if you'd have won, you'd have still went practicing the next day. It wouldn't have changed anything. Uh, so it's just an interesting perspective in my opinion. Yep. I totally agree. But I never like think about that before, you know, like, I feel like if I win that day, like I will be like, I don't know, maybe like a, a middle ES princess or something like that. I don't know, but <laughs> really like sit down and really like looking on your journal and really ask yourself what will really happen when, if you strike in that moment, when that, that, that seven pin fall off, what you really happen, what will really happen that time? I will spend more hours in a bowling center that night with like autograph and interview with both of you, like maybe an hour. And then I will go and have fun in Vegas, right? Because it was in Vegas with all mm -hmm. my friends until midnight. And the next day I will wake up and, you know, everything is still the same. I need to still work for the um, bowl expo. It's not that I can, I don't need to work for the bell expo. So when I literally like put all the perspective on the table, what really different when you win and when you lose it, it's really nothing much. So why you feel so bad and cry like you lose something. So 
it's it's just interesting perspective. I feel that I never think or you know find out before, but I think that has really changed my mindset completely about seeing winning and losing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure when you do get that first title, it'll make you appreciate it that much more. I hope so. Now, you mentioned wanting to use kind of that mindset going into 2020. Uh, you know, what, and I'm not sure if you're kind of a goal setting person or not, but what were, you know, you trying to achieve in 2020? Uh, you know, now we'll obviously take it to 2021, but what were kind of the goals coming into uh, your next PWBA tour season? Of course, the goal is always, again, I really want to be in that winner's circle. And the last three years, I've been performing well. But it's always, like, really close for me to get to that um, tour championship at the end of it. So that will be, like, the second goal that I want. And the third goal that I really want is to make every single cut for that 12th tournament. That's kind of, like, the result goal-oriented that I have. But the thing that I really want to work, which is it will now be noticeable because I will not get prize money or I will not get trophy, but it's really like working with my mind, like how I feel after I have a good day or how I feel or how I think after I bad, I have a bad block or something like that. That's literally like the the really goal that I want to work on when, because it's, you can work that in like a small tournament and you can work that on like your practice, but at in actually bowling in the PWBA, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know there was one year you had, um, you were basically a shoe in to make the, the tour championship, but you had to leave and go bowl, you know, some, some tournaments, you know, back home for your team. Um, I know, and, and the other thing too, is I know you've, you've been on the national team for a, a long time, for 16 years, which doesn't even seem possible when people look at how young you look. Uh, but just talk about, you know, your experience bowling on the national team and, you know, is bowling seen differently in Indonesia than it is in, here in the U S first of all, that many, that American not familiar, how we train as a team back home. It's literally different than how the U S team train. Like, for example, if you guys go to the world woman championship or world championship they will just meet like a week or so and then literally like meet in the nation of the world championship if for example in the vegas everybody will just like travel to the vegas and have a date that all of them need to be in vegas in that certain date or like for example they travel to doha if they have in doha they have a certain date that the coaches of the united uh, the u.s team give them and they need to travel by themselves and arrive in Doha in that certain day. Back home, it doesn't mean like I'm from Indonesia, but pretty much just work the same with Singapore, Rian, Malaysian. We actually train as a team. Like we cannot have a W2 job. We need to commit to be uh, becoming a national athlete. We will stay in a mess like all of us together and if you have a family you can visit your family during the weekend and we train and we work out pretty much five days a week together as a team that's how we that's how i grew up back home and how like we and you you have been doing that since you were 15 right correct since i'm yeah. 15 yeah. yeah so so you you lived away from your family is that what when you were 15? 
so you could train? This is, uh, I need to like give a shout out to my mom really quick because this is one thing that most people didn't know. My mom is really big at education, like really big. So my mom is really education before bowling. And my dad is bowling first before education. So when I'm 15, I'm still in high school. So technically my mom actually drive. So I, my home is two hours. My home is in Bandung, which is two hours drive from Jakarta. And Jakarta is the capital city and where it's like everybody train. And my mom didn't allow me to transfer school. So our schedule from Monday to Friday is we will wake up at 6.30 and my mom will drop me to school and I will be in school until one o'clock. And my mom will pick me up. And one, when my mom picked me up, she already have my lunch and my changing clothes. And the thing that I asked her to bring like for homework and stuff. And then we will start driving for two and two hours to two and a half hours. And I will eat my lunch. I will change clothes when we get to highway. And then I will start with my homework while my mom driving. And when we will arrive in Jakarta around like 3.30 to 4.30 is depending on traffic. And training start at 5 until like 7.30. And then 7.30 until 2.00, we have like our workout. And then my mom will drive me back to Bandung. And we, I usually already sleep in the car because the next morning I need to wake up at 6.30 again for the next day. So pretty much that's my schedule for almost like a year and a half. Yeah, that's oh, wow. amazing. I mean, did did like the other kids in school know that you were like this big time? Like, I mean, because you were you were like the top player on the team, right? I mean, when you were even when you were fifteen, like, did they know you were like the best bowler in the country? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like my my not like the I mean like the entire the entire school is kind of know, but my I really fortunate enough also they my teacher back then it's kind of like supportive about about it and like pretty much like my friend also is kind of supportive about it so without them also i would not be able to do it because sometimes when i have a struggle or anything like my friend will always help with homework and the teacher is always allowing me to do either like i do the exam first or then i need to like take the exam after if i need to like go to a tournament or something like that so I'm pretty fortunate enough that I have a really good support system when I'm still in school. So I still manage to get done with my high school and I still be able You broke up at the end there, but um, uh, it's such an interesting story. I mean, and, and the way the national team structured, it's like a job, right? I mean, they're paying you you know, to, to do this. And, and yep. then when you, I'm sure you get like additional incentives if you do well in, in competitions. Right. So, I mean, there right. was probably a lot of pressure on you when you were, you were just a kid. It's just like a, you have a WT job. It's hmm. really like nine to five, but the nine to five is kind of like you train and you work out and you train again as a team. That's why if you become a national athlete back home, you cannot really have under any other job because you really sign a contract with the government for a certain period of time. How does that work now, you know, with you splitting time, you know, on tour and, and uh, you know, still bowling for the national team? Is it because you're, you're such a stud that they don't hold you to the same rules anymore? You're like Michael Jordan and you can just come to practice whenever you want. And <laughs> uh, 
uh, first of all, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but second of all, it's kind of like that right now. Um, I, f I do believe that I put a lot of hard work and I do believe that I'm honest. So I kind of tell them, this is my job. You, you, I cannot, I cannot stay in Indonesia because my goal is bigger than it. Like pretty much, I don't want to sound cocky, but I want to achieve bigger than other person back home. That's why I'm here. That's why I bought the PWBA. And I just explain it to my government and I explain it to my federation. This is my goal. This is it. What I do. I'm not here like, you know, drinking margarita with you guys. I still bowl. I still practice. And I just make sure that I have a good resume every single year. So they know that I still perform so when i ask them to be lenient with my practice they are no need to be there or for example if i have c game rather than to be there for three months i can tell them i can be with the team a week before the tournament and then we will ball the tournament and pretty much there allow me to do that which is i thankful for the federation but that's how i do it for the last like five years and so when i traveling yeah, and you mentioned you know you you had one of your best performances you know uh, in international competition last year. Um, so obviously, I'm sure the time on the PWBA tour isn't 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 hurting your uh, your sharpness. But uh, I think a lot of people don't understand how good the players are from Asia. I know, you know we have the, the the teams from Malaysia and Singapore come over, and they do very well uh, in the limited time that they're over here on tour. But uh, there's one team in particular that has, hasn't even come over and bowled on the PWBA, which might actually be the best team uh, in Asia, which is the South Korean team. Tell, tell people uh, watching who may not understand uh, how good those players are. They are like a robot. Like most people didn't know, and I know this might like sound a little bit extreme, but in old days, like we're talking about like 10 years ago, their team, like the coaches are so strict. and as the culture itself, they're really respectful for all those people. But 10 years ago, the coaches can like slap them in the face if they like miss a single pin. Wow. That's how strict they are. Like they're not that strict anymore at like right now, but still they're really respectful to the coaches. They have a crazy schedule. Like we went to Korea for two weeks to train with them. They schedule is literally like in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, they will go to the gym together and then they will eat breakfast together and then they will go train and then they have like a break and then at the evening they will go train again and they have a curfew and that one is pretty much 24 seven. That's how crazy the South Korean are. And it's not, literally you are not flexible at all. That's why they don't come or haven't come to PWBA yet because they cannot just like, hey, I want to fly to your state and ball PWBA. You cannot do that. They do everything as a team. But because they also, they have a point system in Korea, in South Korea as a team. So for example, they have a point system until like 10 points. So if they win gold medal in world championship or SEA game, they will have one point. When they reach that 10 point, they will have a, a fixed salary for the rest of their life until they die. So that's why they are really wow. smart. Yeah. yeah. It's very so, interesting. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I think people don't realize, like I think when people think of Indonesia, they think of, you know, this tiny little 
you know, island. And it's actually, you know, 17,000 different, literally 17,000 different islands, 6,000 of which are inhabited. And it's the fourth largest country in the world in terms of population. Um, but you live in kind of the, in the, where the capital is, right? Where is All that? Right. Yeah. Yep. Now, are all the, the players on the national team typically from that area or do they come around from all the other islands as well? They come around from the other islands, but pretty much when you want to become a national team, you need to move to stay in Jakarta because everything happened in Jakarta because we need to train together. We travel together. So we have a couple people that come from like other island, but I will say 75% of the team is is from the island. Gotcha. And is, I know in, in the Philippines, um, you know, bowling is, is one of the most respected sports. And in fact, uh, Pang Nipomusino was, was voted the Filipino athlete of the century. Yep. Um, is, is it the same in Indonesia um, where, where people have a, a, a high degree of respect for, for the sport? Unfortunately, back home, the, 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 the sport, they really like, like, but badminton is really big back home. Badminton is the number one pretty much sport that we respect because we have like a lot, like our first Olympic is from badminton and badminton is like a really respect. I think I will say is the most respected sport in Indonesia. Do you play badminton? Uh, no, I, mean, I can play, but I'm not really good, but I really hope. How do you, like, how do you get good at badminton? Huh? You know, you know who's really good at badminton is uh, Stephen Padilla, who's the the director of coaching. Really? Yeah, he was like a oh, big time badminton player. Yeah, yeah, you have to ask oh, him yeah. about it. Challenge but him I to can, a match. I think like every every Indonesian can play badminton. I feel it's just like that's like how big badminton back home. I always used to. I'm like not saying it. they're good, but they can play. I don't think I'm very good, but I I liked playing. It was fun. Yeah. Batman is fun. Definitely. That was so interesting. I, I can't wait to talk to Steven after the show now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah but, he was good. He was like a ranked player. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he's a record holder at the Open Championships. Yeah. And a, I don't know if he ever beat any, any professional right. Indonesian players, but uh, I, according to him, he was pretty good at it. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Tanya, you know, we, we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show about uh, the success you had uh, at Wichita State, a two-time uh, player of the year. Uh, and, you know, we, we've talked to a lot of players who have that Wichita State background. Or, uh, so obviously the Shockers and uh, Coach V and Coach L are uh, very well known to us as well. So we always like hearing some great funny stories about the coaches. So if you got like a favorite story, you know, you kind of told the one about you know, Coach Lewis calling you a traitor now, which is just rude on his part. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you have some favorite stories from when you were competing for them, uh, we'd love to hear that. I think, like, pretty much, I need to say it. Uh, Coach L, uh, nickname is L Dog. For everybody to know, we call him L Dog. Hmm. Um. Funny, that. Yeah. Funny story. <laughs> First of all, it's like six years ago, but. Funny story about Coach L and Coach V. I cannot, I cannot, I, I cannot think one out of my day, but because like the traitor is like in my head right now because everyone <laughs> <I> <laughs> like we're traitor now. We are not like 
uh, black and gold anymore. Like that's pretty much every single time I saw them, they, that's what I see. But again, even though they see that, even though they say that about me, but they still like sitting in the front row when I bowl for the Queens in Wichita, which is they show how they never, never, never leave their alumnus from Wichita. Like they will always be there. There's like their, the first stacks that pretty much I always receive is from them. It doesn't matter if I, you know, I'm in um, Mount Mercy, Greater Assistant or whoever you are, or wherever you are, they're always looking and they're always like following your career, which is, is say a lot about them. Certainly so to the, uh, to the great individuals in our sport. So uh, shout out to both of them. Uh, we're coming up almost on the hour here on the podcast and, and JT, we found a late addition to our, to our list of questions prior to the show. I know oh, you, this, I, are we going to do the YouTube channel? I, I believe that this is time <laughs> for the YouTube channel. Yes. So I, I, I'll let you go. With that. <laughs> well, I had, I didn't, I wasn't aware of it, which I was kind of disappointed about because, because Aaron told me about it uh, just, just prior to the show. And I went on and watched a couple of videos and it's like my new favorite thing on YouTube now. So uh, what, we got the mukbang video. Uh, well, here's can the we, page itself. We can bring that okay. up if you want. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's give people a little taste of, of that. Cause that's, yeah, well, first, let's pause it for a second. So first, explain what a mukbang is. I know what it is because uh, my wife's Filipino, nope. so um, oh, no. we, we do mukbang all the time. So, uh, but explain what it is. It's pretty much you just like buy a lot of food, and in this video is like McDonald's, Taco Bell, and Chick Fil A as the theme, and it's actually originally from South Korea that people just like cook. A food but in a large size and you try to finish it all in one sitting and usually in korea they do the mukbang in their youtube live so people will comment on it and kind of like eating by yourself but not technically eating by yourself because you have interaction with other people and yeah that's pretty much some mukbang is yeah all right let's watch it no <laughs> <laughs> Okay, by the way, for all of you that watch, please, please subscribe. Make sure you guys subscribe. Yes. <laughs> subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Yes. Make sure you guys subscribe. I like this Look song, this. though. Yeah, this editing is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a. Is that you? Yeah. Where is that? Is that? Is I want to nice live there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's just so awesome. Can I have the crunch wrap supreme? <laughs> Hi, can I have a I know. number nine? Two cheeseburger meal, please. And can I have like, uh, all right, how much I can eat, please? I have the. Is this all like just one after please. another? You just went. Yeah. Like I just one want like one after another and like. Yes, correct. Here you go, Strauss, in the back for you. Buy it. And, Thank and you. I like Welcome back to my channel. Because and I feel like I'm going like to also, so I can, I'm not feel guilty doing really all those stuff. This Korean word, one of my look, friends spelled it look out. Look at all that for stuff. Pronounce it. And we believe we need to pronounce Korean wise, which is kind of like our language. Mok from ngamuk. Ngamuk is angry in my language. 
and then abang means older brother so it's mukbang yeah. <laughs> angry and older brother <laughs> one thing that people know about me i'm really good at pronounce things like that's <laughs> <laughs> a joke yeah i cannot even pronounce number three for the that longest is, time for the oh, longest time for the longest really, time and kind of like three and three is like oh it's my really heart so i'm going to pronounce it mukbang but i don't know i might wrong let's dig in <laughs> yeah fries are an excellent choice waffle fries yeah and it's from chick-fil-a so you cannot go wrong i don't with know if i can house. finish this very true all of this food <laughs> but i'm going yeah. to try which is you guys watch this i don't know it was called research at the time flurry because i feel the best way to eat french fries yeah, you that is, it yeah, my kids do you guys eat that. french fries with ice cream or no i i and my kids eat. do it and i've, I've never, never tried it. it yeah i heard it's great yeah it's so good yeah. that's the best thing ever you guys, yeah. you guys their favorite is wendy's uh frosty yes Right. Yeah, that, they say that's the best. With yep. uh, yeah, I yes. almost want to like Wendy's when I do this because it's like I like that. Really like opposite you are missing out, my friend. You are missing out. Yeah, I was like, nah, it's too much food. <laughs> too much food. Now, at some it point in this video, you call Chris Vi, right? Yes, I call so Chris Vi. Call Daniel, I guess. Yes. <laughs> now, was friend. that because those are the two people that are least likely to? Do this. Let me check. <laughs> Who should I call? That Pretty much when I call both of them, they didn't answer me. That's like, me. I was like, they never answer my call. But I hope he answered my call. Yeah, I I called both of them and it. like none of it. Like, pick my phone, which is, I was pretty mad at the time. Like, the thing I, that's amazing to me is like, look how skinny you are. Like how how is it possible that you, like if I ate that I would like instantly gain twenty pounds? That's a good, nice face there. <laughs> rude, Chris Vi. Oh, rude. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice. Exactly. <laughs> I was so pissed at that moment. Like, nobody nobody answers their phone anymore. You got to text them. Exactly. Sometimes when you text them and they just like answer it, and then when you call, they didn't answer. Like what? Funny part. <laughs> Before I do this video, I ask all of you what fast food restaurant that I should go get my food from. I hate listening and to my own voice. Of course, the number one. There's the thing that I hate about this. There's the thing I hate about YouTube because you need to like technically like is, it, and you need I to hear your voice and I was like which is really <laughs> everybody hates the sound of their own voice I really yeah. so I don't know I so weird I have to I have to clip out clips of the highlights of these podcasts and every time I have to listen to my voice I don't, I want to throw up exactly I don't know why Aaron's voice sounds fine but mine is terrible I can't do it. I, I just like that part too. And then when right. you edit it, you need to like go through it like multiple of time, right? And you need to watch it again. You need yeah. to watch it again mm -hmm. and yeah. like which part they like make you and like I'm, like if you cannot like, watch it yeah. by yourself, like how people will this watch it, you know? So you need yeah. to edit it and you need to hear it again. And like, oh, it's like torture. 
Yeah, like literally, like torture. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with that. Like, like Adam Driver, oh, he he won't even go that. to like the premieres of his movies because he can't stand Why watching himself on camera. I always really? Yeah, yeah. He like he gets physically ill. It's really good. So one of my uh, niece watched this. And then the next day, she called me and was like, Auntie Tanya, will you, you will die if you eat like that. And I was like, <laughs> I'm I'm like that. Years old. And it's like, no, I didn't eat like that every single day. I just eat like that. And I kind of like explained to her, like, why is Mokbang is. And like, like, it's just so funny. Like, you feel like, can I call Auntie Tanya? Can and like, you will die if you eat like that every single day. There, like, like Tommy Jones <laughs> or. <laughs> Shannon Bilhowski, you always need to go. All to right, JT, panel. should we let them watch the rest of it on her yeah, plate? Let's, yeah, let's save, right. save so some for, for them. But this was one of <laughs> Ooh, teriyaki burger. So good. I love that video. I mean, <laughs> it's my favorite. Uh, like, it's gonna like you know when you go to YouTube and you watch a couple of videos and then it'll like give you all every other similar video. Yeah. Like my whole YouTube feed's gonna be Tanya Ramaburu videos now. <laughs> <laughs> so Tanya, what was kind of the, and you got a few different videos on there for right now, but kind of what was the uh, inspiration for you to, to start this page? Pretty much my, my dad already told me like to like do it since like, I don't know, like maybe like five years ago because I travel a lot and why don't you share that to other people? And then really like, it's just because COVID, like COVID sucks, but COVID really also bring a lot of things to my life, I feel. And one of them also like just really focus and do the YouTube and really like make it live so I can share my experience. And I really want to share my experience to all Indonesian that want to become an It's not really just anything because back home is a stereotype. You need to be a... Uh, smart kids go to the United States and to get scholarship in the United States. And I really want to share my experience to them that, no, you only need 2.3 GPA to get a scholarship if you are good at sport. Yes, you can go to Vanderbilt. Yes, you can go to Nebraska. And you don't need to have 4.0 GPA to get scholarship if you're good at sport. That is really, like, the behind it. That I, why I want to, like, show it. And I hope one day... It will it will touch someone back home. They're like, oh, I can also do that. Like, I don't know to be those smart kids to have a scholarship in United State. Yeah, it's interesting. You talk about how you know it's important that you you give back to your you know home country and the people there. Um, you know, because I think a lot of like you said, you wanted to be you know, very uh, politically correct about how you answered those questions about being able to live in the U.S. But it's clear from from the message there that, you know, helping out the folks back home is, is really important to you, right? Yep. I really, that's like one goal. I want to give back to bowling, but I, I there have two goals I really want to reach in the letter in the future when I'm kind of like older, which is helping people back home that want to become a student. And also I really want to impact bowling back home so it can grow and become bigger sport back home. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Uh, you want to do, you want to, 
uh, do you want to save the binge watch for very last? Because I have like one more absolutely kind of kind of thing I want to ask about. Fire away, JT. So uh, you know, we talked a little bit about like your goals for next year, but like, where do you want your like? Let's think a little bit further ahead than that. Like, what do you want? You know, think through like your career. What are you hoping to accomplish in your career, and and what do you hope? Uh, people, you know, say about you when your 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 pictures in the Hall of Fame downstairs uh, below where my office is sitting right now. What do you want uh, people to say about you? I don't know if I can get to the Hall of Fame, but I I really I really want to touch other people. And one day when I'm like old and have like white hair, like oh, Tanya touched my life. Or oh, Tanya helped me to do this. So really, that is kind of like deep down, really to go. Of course, I want to be inducted in Hall of Fame someday. Of course, I want to go to the winner circle. Of course, I want to get gold in World Championship. I want to do all those. Of course, I want to be like Player of the Year. But now that I'm not that young anymore, even though people still say like, "Oh, shut up, you're still young." <laughs> shut up, you're still young. <laughs> Exactly. Where do you get like my age? Exactly. But I really do really like making this YouTube and really like trying to make a come up with a content. I really want to do that. I really want to help someone. I don't care who they are. Like I really want to have a young kids. It can be a boy, it can be a girl, it can be a bowler, it can be a soccer, but I really want to help those people to kind of get their goal or dream in life and make their dream come true. I really, really want to like have one Indonesian kid and help that person go through the process to get a scholarship as student athlete in your state and really do that for that person. I really want to do that. That's kind of like what is kind of my goal. It's not really like boringly related, but I do really have patience on that and I just want to give back in that kind of way. Excellent. Excellent stuff there, Tanya. Uh, before we get to our final question, uh, obviously we've talked about the YouTube page and folks should go subscribe to that immediately. But uh, where can folks follow you on social media? Where, where, what's the best place to uh, to stay in touch with you? Uh, you can always DM me on my Instagram, which is just at Tanya Rumimper. And my YouTube channel also is my name, Tanya Rumimper. That's the two biggest thing that you can get in touch with me. And I will try my best to answer any message or any comment that you leave. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Tanya, final question here of the day, uh, how we usually wrap up the podcast. What are your binge watch recommendations for the good folks watching at home right now? So since we're talking about Korean team, I'm a big fan also of Korean drama. Oh, that? yeah, that's yeah. A, uh, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, people would be surprised. Yep. And I'm not like a fanatic Korean drama, but I enjoy watching Korean drama. And literally right now I'm obsessed, obsessed with it's okay not to be okay. So it's on Netflix <laughs> and they have a subtitle. So for all of you that want to watch it, it's a really good show. And it's like they have a lot of moral story on the show. So you should watch it. It's okay not to be okay. It's good. It's really good. All right. Very nice. Have you seen Parasite? 
Yes, I do. Yeah, what did you think about that? It's too dark for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's too. It's too it heavy. Dark. Yeah. It's too heavy, but um, but I like it. I like it. Like it's okay not to be okay. Also, it's kind of like in the dark side of it, but it's yeah. not as dark as Parasite. So. Parasite was funny. I mean, it, obviously, the you know, it it went pretty dark, but uh, yeah, exactly. It's but it was funny. it was yeah. I mean, that was what was so surprising about it was it was like you're laughing the whole time, and then all of a sudden it's like all this weird stuff happens. Yep. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, so yeah, the the Korean shows they're they're the, they're the best. Uh, my my wife and my son watch them together religiously, and sometimes I'll get sucked in and watch with them a little bit, and I always enjoy it. That's pretty much. Do you want to give like? Uh, we lost you. Oh. There. What was what was that? I mean, I'm just questioning. Like, I'm just curious. Do you want to give like an American show? But I don't have anything right now because I'm really like obsessed with this Korean drama. So I've been watching Korean lately during this pandemic. So I don't have anything like U.S. show or something like that. That's fine. Hey, I that's mean, all right. I, yeah, I vouch for it. So uh, <laughs> not that that makes any difference. I mean, probably make people not want to watch it. But uh, you know, I I think that's just fun. Mm -hmm. Yep. Don't forget to subscribe, people. Yeah, <laughs> subscribe. We want to get we want to get button. you over a million. I will. I will. We need I more bowling fans. Million, the first phone call, I will like. I will like call both of you. I mean, if McDonald's and Chick Fil A is going to get us to a million, that's fine. Whatever you got to do, <laughs> it's better you than us eating all that food. <laughs> Any any uh, any final thoughts, final words before we uh, call it a day? Just please to everybody that watch this, that if you guys still get out of the house without the mask, just please, please, please wear your mask. I know it's uncomfortable. I was just done with like four-day clinic with Mount Mercy summer camp. And that's the first time that I literally need to like experience it to wear a mask for like literally 10 hours. It's so uncomfortable. But... If I need to do that, so the PWB the PWBA tour can come back as soon as possible, I will wear it. So that's this is my last thought. Just please, please wear your mask and follow the rules so we can go back to our normal life soon. Yeah, I saw the PWBA folks. I saw an ER doctor tweet recently said, uh, for those of you who think you can't breathe wearing a mask, you don't want to get COVID nineteen. Yep, then that, you really won't be able to breathe. Yep, that's so, true. Yeah. That's really true. All right, young lady. Well, that was a lot of fun talking to you. Yes, it was. was. Thank you for Good. inviting me. This yeah. is great. I appreciate it. To yeah. Talk me. Good luck in St. Louis. Take take money from those two punks, uh, Kyle and Brad. <laughs> let them. I'll try. If I let them push you around. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much again, and thank you for watching. And I hope I can give you guys both a hug soon. Yes, we'll hug you on yes, virtually. On Twitter, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. But I hope <laughs> we can see each other soon. Okay. Absolutely, yes. See you soon. All right. Bye. Thanks, Tanya. We appreciate Bye. it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, sir, another fun show. I that mean, was super fun. Yes, that was yeah, the longest the YouTube, video we've ever watched. Yeah, the YouTube channel. I could still be watching that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch it as soon as we uh, sign off.
If anyone tries to email JT for the rest of the day, that's why he's not responding. <laughs> <laughs> if Tanya tries to call me and I don't answer my phone, uh, it's because I'm watching your YouTube videos, Tanya. Well, now, now you know you should answer. <laughs> yeah, I know she'll be mad, but uh, you know, at least she'll, at least if I'm watching your YouTube videos, maybe she won't be so mad. But, uh, yes, that was an excellent episode. Uh, very fun catching up with Tanya. As we talked about a lot during the show, the splitting boards uh, episode, you know, opened up a few things, definitely opened up a few questions as well. Uh, but but yeah, she, she's one of those players who, uh, you know, we're, we're just waiting. She, she's one of those players who's on the on the verge of collecting yeah. that win. And, and she talked a lot about the growth that she made from that show. And, uh, you know, that's that's something I always try to take away from from these podcasts and hear the players talk about it and just, you know, what they're doing to make that next step in their game, whatever it may be. And, you know, from listening to Tanya on this and on splitting boards, it was uh, very apparent to me that uh, she is on the right path and going to be collecting that uh, first PWBA victory uh, very soon. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, she's won at every level. Uh, she's been a world-class player, you know, internationally, you know, for, for 16 years. Um, it's just, it, you know, stupid, solid seven pin. You know, if, if, if it weren't for that, she'd have, you know, a, a major title. She's made several major shows, mm-hmm. you know, even, even before the PWBA tour, she made the Queens finals in yep, 2014. 14. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's hard to win on tour. That's the thing people don't realize. If you look at the list of multi-time champions, it's, it's very small. It's less than 10 since the tour relaunched. So, um, and I think we were talking the other day and, and there's really only four players that have won more than four titles, right? And it's mm-hmm. Rocio, Danielle McEwen, Liz Johnson, and, and Shannon O'Keefe. That's it. Everybody else is, you know, one or two or, or none. Uh, so it's really, really hard to win. Uh, but I think, you know, she's definitely in that class, probably the best player that, that doesn't have a title at this point. Absolutely. Well, JT, we've, we've, we have brought up the, the, uh, the strength of splitting boards so much on the show. We've talked about it so much and I know we have an episode coming up in 47 minutes. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a great one. Um, uh, you know, it's it actually ties in, I think, to, to the Tanya story a little bit where, um, you know, some of these tough losses that you have to endure end up uh, making you stronger and making you better and then making you appreciate, you know, the wins that much more when you get them. And so we're going to have a conversation with Jacob Buttriff today about his 2019 Masters win. And uh, even though, you know, Jacob has has a bunch of PB, PBA titles. He's got seven titles now, and he'd had some titles in and out. Uh, he was he was the next thing for him was winning a major, and he had some really close calls, brutal losses in uh, majors. You know, led the U.S. Open by you know six hundred plus pins uh, one year, and, and lost to Rhino, and then he led it by over five hundred the next year, lost by a pin uh, to Dom Barrett. Uh, had another loss where he lost by a pin, had another loss on the Hall of Fame Classic where he missed a couple spares, and then, you know, ended up winning this Masters title. And it, it was just like this big release for him. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to talking to him about that and what that win meant, meant to him here in a little bit. Uh, so if you if you have uh, some extra free time uh, in about uh, 45 minutes, I would I would encourage you to check out that show. It should be pretty cool. Definitely. Once again, that's a uh, bold TV only exclusive splitting boards. Uh, so be sure to subscribe uh, tomorrow. 
Inside the OC, uh, Matt Canzaro and I will be talking with USBC Hall of Famer Lenny Boris Jr. Uh, we have the Throwback Thursday Match of the Week. It's I know what it is. Let me look. There it is. 2018 St. Petersburg uh, Clearwater Open. Diana Z and uh, Daria Payuk uh, bowling for the title in that one. Uh, pretty pretty cool story from that one. Uh, Daria averaged more than 241 that week. Yeah, yeah. Dominated on, on the way to the top seed, and uh, Diana made her way through a very, very talented uh, and young stepladder final to uh, to set up that match. So be sure to check that out. JT will be on the call for that one as well. Yeah, difficult conditions uh, on that show, and Diana just kind of plotted her way through it and uh, won yet again. But uh, that that was uh, that'll be an interesting show to watch tomorrow, and then uh, or match, I should say. And then uh, Friday, we've got another 20 greatest seasons. Can't forget about Friday. Big day. Uh, and JT, this, this is kind of a sad day. This is our final PWBA podcast with weight holes. So. Oh, yes. That's very disappointing. So, folks, remember August 1st, yeah. 20 weight holes, new USBC rules in effect as well. So, Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that, 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 that rule does go into effect. So no more weight holes. It's, it's kind of a sad day for for some of us who like our weight holes, right? That is true, but you get three ounces everywhere now. So, <laughs> all right, folks, we're going to stop rambling here. We're going to uh, go ahead and wrap up the show. Finally, we appreciate everyone joining here on the PWBA podcast. Big thanks to Tanya Ramanpour. Remember, subscribe to her YouTube channel, folks. It's her name. It's absolutely. Cool. It's awesome. She edits all the stuff herself. She's awesome, and it's. Was, just a great person in general. So yes. it's, be, it's cool to be cool to her. So yes. do that. Uh, but for Jason Thomas, I'm Aaron Smith. Thanks again to Tanya Ramapur. Uh, We'll be back on the PWBA podcast next week. Uh, until then, though, uh, stay safe. And remember, Bull TV, bowling lives here. Thanks again, everybody. <laughs>